0: Take it with the programming I'm chasing. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill ah, I'm free. What was that? Did you just scream I, but, into the mic? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell was that? I had YouTube on the other channel, but it wasn't muted. And I was oh. hopping over there to, to talk to Barry and be like, What's up, bro? You don't think we're shredded enough? And as I do that, all of a sudden it blew up. And I'm like, Got it. Got Sorry, it. I fucked up the whole beginning. Hey,
0: man, it's about time you fucked up the beginning.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shocked me. Man. I went like,
1: ah! Yeah. I didn't even know what to do. I'm like, Wait, I didn't touch anything. Well,
0: that's what I thought. I was like, did I press the wrong button? What's the screaming button? I don't remember having <laughs> a screaming button at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy Wednesday, everybody. A, a impromptu midday Wednesday show. <sighs> Dude, this, this uh, schedule adjustment... For my son starting kindergarten, is, you made me laugh
1: yesterday. Actually, yeah,
0: I was like, "Hey, I forgot I'm coaching my son's soccer team today." <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a uh, I was doing a podcast for the CrossFit Games today with Adrian Conway, and we we're talking about kids' sports. And you know, I'm coaching two of my son's sports, and then one of my daughter's. And then I, I my Dylan is dabbling in jujitsu right now, which is Sweet. has there's no there's no grappling yet. It's just Forward roll, back roll, the technique yeah. stuff. Like, you know, it's it's like CrossFit kids. Like, you're just getting them to move, maybe squat. We're, we're not learning how to snatch just yet. Right, right. Um, but it's it's a lot. But he gets out of school at, like, 3.15. And I'm used to him getting out of daycare at 6. Now, I realize that is not normal either. Like, Blake is 8 to 6, and it is <laughs> incredible. But now, like, my, I've lost, like... Three hours of my day has been chopped off, so it's like our normal time around one thirty for you. It's like okay, I got to get Dylan, and then I got to get home, and then I got to put on like a a Spanish speaking movie just to keep him involved with speaking uh, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll come in here for an hour. <laughs>
1: I get it, but uh, well, maybe this time frame will end up being closer to the time then.
0: Uh, yes, and this is a good point. And I had this conversation the other day. Is like uh, go fy. Chase, the fastest 12 to 13 years are coming for you. Yes. And that's yeah. like one of my biggest fears and has been since they were born is I, I'll hear it all the time. I and mean, you've told me too, is like, I've got a five and a three-year-old. They're about to be six and four come February. And I'll see some a picture from them from six months ago. And I'm like, where is that baby? Yeah. Or that small child. And I'll look at them now. So I try to be present, I try to absorb, but I still feel like it's, it's like a, it, when like a rope gets ripped off and you're trying to like hold on to it, and I'm like, it's going too fast for me to hold on to.
1: Oh dude, you can't. You, I'm just watching. The I mean, rope. all you can do, like literally, dude, and I never got this stuff when I was younger. Like, I think it's a complete age thing to even have a remote understanding of like the whole be present thing. Yeah, Like... It's, it is honestly true. I mean, when you're younger, you're in your thirties, even like in your forties, like, like you're running, you're going for it. Like everything is just on full throttle ahead, everything, yeah. but like you get older and you you start realizing that, dude, I just literally closed my eyes mm-hmm. for a short nap and that was eight months. Boom. It just went by like that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow. Okay. So, I mean, all you can do is just be all in. Right at that moment. Yeah. Whatever that moment is, you know?
0: Being present is one I try to be. But, like, dude, it's hard sometimes. It's like it's very hard. I'm having a rough day. The kids are just being kids. Yeah. But I perceive them as being just total, like, terrorist assholes. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> wait for you to go to, to bed. fuck your day up? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> we're starting bedtime 15 minutes early. You're getting one book. And pick the short one and just, like, go to sleep. And just let me go downstairs and just relax. And I'm like, oh, what am I...
1: I'm doing um, but it's just that's it it happens There's nice. a there's an old movie It's a Steve Martin movie um Parenthood Ooh you remember that one? Yeah. So there was a part in that movie and I think that everyone that has kids needs to see that movie if they have like get the old movies on Netflix or whatever and it's steve martin who's all stressed about uh, stressed out about his older kid that's having a really hard time playing baseball Mm -hmm. sucks at baseball and he gets all tensed about it because his kids not doing very good and they're not doing very good Ah." yeah and the the wife and i can't remember her name but she was big like in the 80s um was like you know this maybe it was a maybe it was a therapist it was maybe it was either her or or the therapist was telling them about like what parenthood is all about it's about being on a roller coaster ride Mm. And you have all the ups and downs and the downs can be super, super scary when you're like, oh, you're freaking out because it's scary and everything. But you have to like enjoy the ride, all the ups and all the downs, whether they're being perfect little angels or they're being batshit crazy where you're like, I don't even know what it is that you are doing right now or where this even came from. Because in a year's time, you'll look back and then you'll be like, you remember that time? And it will be the the biggest laugh session Mm. You'll have, it's crazy, dude. It's just, you got to just ride the ride, man. Strap in and ride the ride. Yeah. I think it's good in the bad.
0: I think as parents is, we get, uh, I don't know if it's stress, social pressure, or just like fear of like doing a good job and doing something permanent on in a bad way of like, all those are, all those are true. I spoke to him. (laughs) I ended the day on a poor note with my kid or whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I get it.
0: That being said, it's, uh, life is full. Life is full, uh, full in a lot of ways. They just got this question from Jason, did y'all go on vacation? It's like, no.
1: Yeah, no. We went on a hiatus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, like Bill's got a crazy world. I've got a crazy world for a lot of different paths, reasons, and we live on different sides of the country. And uh, the stars haven't aligned recently, but they do today. They, they will again tomorrow. So sure. we'll be back about the same time tomorrow. So if you guys enjoy uh, the absolute nothing we're talking about right now, we'll do some more of this tomorrow <laughs> at about the same time. But today, th- this is what happened. So we're going to talk about the Northern California Classic. Is this the third, fourth year?
1: Uh, I think it's the fourth year. Is the fourth year?
0: Speaking of yeah. time going by fast, I remember the first year, and you were a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, especially on the media covered side. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we had this conversation because a lot of times, you know, the, the basis of the show is analyzing the programming. Right? The show is get with the program. We talk all things programming. We're the first ones to really pour ourselves into this. And now we have more people in the space, which is great because then we can have more conversations about it. But we get very analytical when we see programming. And a lot of the time it's, It's a reaction of, it's always like, is this a fully balanced, perfect test of fitness? Not perfect test of fitness, but the best test of fitness we can possibly find. Fittest main woman team. We always look at that first. But we also always say is we should judge programming based off the purpose of the competition or the purpose of the event or the intent of the event. And I went, I specifically, because of this one today, is I knee-jerk react when I first looked at this and I was like, okay, this is almost like so weird. And I was like, I don't like it. And you were there emceeing and you're like, no, man, it's awesome. Yeah. And so it, it, I wanted to do that because the more I looked at it from the outside and I wasn't even there in person, I was like, damn, this looked like a really cool kick-ass cross the competition. The programming was a part of it, but it almost wasn't even the mainstay reason of why that thing exists.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we, um, through the course of this podcast, have morphed is to really understanding. Because, yeah, we look at the games. The games has one purpose. We all know what the why is for the games. And Mm -hmm. we've even talked about how there needs to be a specific why for semifinals, a specific why for quarterfinals, a specific why for the Open because of what they're trying to do in that game season there's a specific reason then you have you know the why for the Wadapalooza and the why for the rogue and the why for the madrid championship and we start talking about all these different reasons yeah and it's then come into that is the purpose of the program i mean we're all crossfitters and crossfitters understand the idea of overall fitness and general physical preparedness in that you know having a high level of You know expertise or ability in the 10 physical traits and so we're looking at all of those things for sure but in on these off-season or out of season events it almost becomes more important about the reason that you're doing and i think you can even liken Mm. that to why the heck do we do murph on memorial day right because if you look at what murph is It's a murderous event.
0: It's a a murder test.
1: (laughs) It's a murder test. And it's like, what do we do? We we rally up all CrossFitters of all levels, of all Mm -hmm. experience levels. And we all go, all right, bitches, we're going to strap you up with some weight. We're going to make you run further than you have probably with that weight on. We're going to make you do a shit ton of volume. You probably should never be doing anyway. But we're going to do it and have a beer afterwards because that's what we do.
0: Look at Chad on uh, Veterans Day coming down (laughs) the pipeline. Right. Like the first time I did that, a thousand box step ups with a 40 pound pack on. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can do this. And like the, the hour afterwards, I'm like, what oh, no. Heck?
1: Right. <laughs> I did, we didn't say it. we have our we have our 911 workout that we do. Mm-hmm. It's a partner workout generally, but a lot of people you know want to do it without without it being a partner. And if you do it, so if you do it with a partner, it's four rounds, 400 meter. Or I'm sorry, 200 meter partner carry with a kettlebell. Mm. So you can split it up as your team, however you want. Yeah. Then each person has to do 10 partner squats. Okay. So you're squatting your partner. And then you have 50 kettlebell swings, um, as a team, if you're doing it by yourself, you have to carry a barbell with either 135 or 95 pounds and your kettlebell, so already that right there, that awkwardness is going to mess you up. You got the bar across your back hurts like a mother effer, <laughs> smashes, your mashes, your trap out like crazy. And then you have 15 back squats with that weight and then 25 swings. And everyone that looks at that is like, oh, is that all we're doing? I mean, we have one of our big dudes. Right. Right. He can he can back squat like 500 pounds. He's like, hey, so do you think I should do this with two oh five? I'm like, uh, just do it with the 135. And right. it beat his ass. Yeah. And everybody is complaining about how they the bone on the back of their neck is sore. Mm. So it's like, is that you no, know, we're not doing it because it's the appropriate test that we should be doing that day. It's because there's a reason behind it. So when we look at these other events coming back around to that, I think it's that almost becomes the the precipice, like the the highest priority is why are we mm. mm-hmm. why are we programming and what is the actual thing that we're trying to program for? Yeah. Whether it's the games, me and the ultimate, you know, point of fitness, or if we're looking at like the you know, the Northern California classic, what is the specific reason for that? Right. So, And I think that's what's really cool. I think we've really leaned into that a lot, which is good, because I don't think anyone else is really thinking that way. They all go to, you know, there's only too many long events here, too many short events, too many this, too many that. It's like, well, yeah, it's not the games. Right. So, Uh,
0: And two is sometimes we do fall in that trap of it's like, objective point of view, is this good or bad? And part of why I wanted to talk about the Northern California Classic Day is like, we'll talk about the programming. We'll talk about modalities and time domains and, and, you know, is this a good test for this demographic of athlete for a final or this movement or, or whatever. But what I really wanted to get at was exactly what you're centering around is Let's not let that be a dictator of if this event was a kick-ass thing to go to as a fan, even more fun to experience as an athlete, especially in the off-season for really what off-season events were meant to be to begin with. And before, like, sanctionals became a thing or Wadapalooza became a thing or the Rogue Invitational or Dubai was a lot of these off-season competitions were just the same reason why the game started in 2007.
1: right? And I, yeah, let, let's it, let's showcase. It's uh, about a showcase. It's
0: not, not even that. It's like, let's just get together, throw down, eat some food, drink some beer, celebrate with our friends, talk some shit, like an old-school bar- backyard barbecue throwdown. That's what it used to be, and, and I think where sometimes some of these events lost their way is that they wanted to be a professional CrossFit event or a sanctioned event or like the CrossFit games, which it's good to have those in the sport, just like say uh, a golf events. Um, there's four majors or tennis. There's four majors worldwide, but like, Hey, every once in a while, I just want to do a, a scramble with my buddies and <laughs> right. Like, let's just go play golf. Yeah. Right. Let's just go do CrossFit. Let's just go compete. And, That's where I want to talk about the Northern California Classic because, you know, they have this on here is the history of it. When regionals went away in 2018, the West Coast was left without a premier fitness event to showcase its athletes. The NorCal Classic was created to fill the void, to bring back everything the CrossFit community loved about the early days of competition. That meant high-level tests, athletes of all ages and abilities, and a vibe, undeniable, to our region. That is the NorCal classic. That is what they wanted to bring back. And th- I mean, if we go about where it began, right? Right, right. And a lot of the things, if people remember of like old California regionals, I think prior to 2015, you think's fair?
1: Yeah, yeah, easily.
0: It, it was that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... You know in 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 what was great about or what is great about the norcal classic is it has the crossfit games vibe 2007 2008 2009 feel outside Mm -hmm. you're in the elements it's dirty um you know everyone's got their tents put up all over the place everything is dusty um but everybody's smiling everyone's having a blast everyone's you know jumping in the lake afterwards um, I, I mean, it's, it's really, really cool. Even if you go to, you know, some of the early sectionals that we had in the, you know, yes. when you had the yes. the Northern California sectional where it was raining on everyone one year and then it's super hot and everyone's burning their hands on the bars the next year, you know, we're down South in Southern California at the fairgrounds on all black top with black mat on top of that. And then trying to do pull-ups, you know, for sets of 40 or whatever it is. I think it was 20, Yeah. Yeah, um, bars are burning, you know, you're out there snatching in the sun. Everyone has to wear sunglasses because it's so damn (laughs) sunny out there, you know? Um, and it, it is a feeling that, I mean, it, it Blair and Ben Blair, um, uh, you know, and his whole anywhere crew, CrossFit anywhere crew, Blair Morrison and Ben Alderman, those guys are two OG guys. Right. And Blair was always kind of then and I think this is what's great, is, you know, because where he started, he was known for, you know, as CrossFit gym, CrossFit anywhere. It's because he was the like literally the first guy that I heard anywhere that would do these outside workouts and he would actually go to different countries uh-huh. and have people come with him. And they would go and do these weird workouts like up on a mountain and you take this rope and you take your kettlebell and your rings and you you have to hike up or run up this hill and then you gotta throw your rope over and you gotta do rope climbs and like he that was what he did that mm-hmm. was his thing so i he likes the exposure to the elements and i love that he brings it into competitions like this because it's events that you wouldn't normally do in your regular gym right and, you know, we were actually even talking about this weekend that um, whenever you have an event or events in, within your competition that are offsite, off the center stage, off of like the blacktop area or the, the, the all matted area, you run the risk of all kinds of things and weird variables that you now have to deal with terrain and uh, directions that people are going and blocking certain things off. And do you have access to this? Do you not have enough access to that? And he's like, I, he's like, I know he's like, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to not have that. He's like, it's too important to include that. And I'm like, you're right. You know? So I, I just, I love that old school feel. And, and those, they will always do that. And then one of the first things they say when they have their athlete briefing is that, you know, we want this to be, What has been moved away from as far as the CrossFit community, at least in California, having that old school feel. We wanted a regional type feel, a community, a very community based type feel. And that's why everyone was always that's why the regionals, when everyone makes a big deal about that, is because how it felt. You went there with your crew. You camped up your your tents. And, and everyone circled up in their little areas and huddled up and they had their beach chairs and they had their, you know, uh, uh, igloos full of all their food for the day. And at the end of the day, even though they had two more days to go, everything's dusty, everything's dirty. And then you go to wherever is going to go and you come back the next morning, like all all smiles, here we go. Yep. And that was just that was a really cool feeling. And and they've I think that they've done a really good job of bringing that specific feel back, because I don't really think you get that same thing at. You know, at any of these other events, I mean, yeah, it's not not professional, mm-hmm. but it's really hard. It's they really do, hard they to do walk a, the line of professional and old school at the right. same time.
0: <clears throat> and so, it's funny. I did a whole entire podcast today on the Cross Games podcast with Matt O'Keefe and Adrian Conway talking about professionalizing yeah. the games season or what makes a games athlete. And I think you can. And this is what I believe that that Ben and Blair do is that you can be professional in your pursuit to put on an incredibly fun event, yet still make sure that we are not here to be almost like a a corporate competition.
1: Right. Well, right? what makes it what makes it feel professional? It's on time, smooth, you feel like everything's judged fairly. Yeah. Um you uh, things are run in a specific way, regardless of whether it's in some velodrome somewhere or on the beach of some lake. Yeah. You know, um, those are what I think really will make, I mean, you know how it is. Do the old adage is if you want to have an event, the way you get people to come back to the event is you make sure everything's on time. Yep. And like, that's your first, if you you mess one. that up, <laughs> you're done. It doesn't matter how badass or how much money you have or anything. Like, people are going to be like, fuck that. I'm not going. So I think that's, you know, that's where you go hold to those kind of standards mm-hmm. and then you go from there.
0: Yeah, schedule, things you don't want anybody to talk about negatively of your event. Schedule, judging, and then maybe programming. Right? <laughs> but on the, on the yes. programming side is that it like, and this is where we lead off and we'll dive into this next, is that it's not necessarily is like, hey, it was like the perfect test It was like that was dumb and dangerous. Right, right. right. The, the, and then you have this giant thing in between. Yeah. It's like, as long as it wasn't dumb and dangerous and you're not trying to be like, hey, this is the fittest person in NorCal. It's like everything else in between is like, and this is what we're going to expand on is, is like, oh, was that the greatest event ever programmed? I don't know. No. Was it the most fun? Yes. It's like, okay, I'll take that. Because that's yeah. what we wanted to be, right? We wanted okay, to be something well, well, that people it, it, wanted to come I, back to.
1: I think a a, a way to kind of shed light on that is, you know, when when people talk and you know, we've had our shows where we had like Sean and Tommy and everybody on, and it's like the greatest CrossFit event ever, mm-hmm. and it's always the the push pull, yeah, right, with with Rich and, and Josh going head to head. It wasn't because that was the greatest programmed event. No, it was the whole encasing. Of that event the nighttime in the tennis stadium with the lights on the battle between these perennial names like you know josh and rich yeah. and how it went down like that that whole that whole picture is what made that the greatest it's not because it was the greatest programmed event very basic you know <laughs> i mean very basic you know and there were a lot of things honestly that it was like well you know, the way the rope's being pulled and it's you know, sleds get in the way and it's mm-hmm. like, this kind of actually messes up this thing. Yeah. I mean, the event itself wasn't programmed as anything that would resemble anything greatest by, I don't think, by any means. But you put all of the stuff on it and it's one of the greatest races that we've had. Yep. You know, which is cool. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, and so to go with this flow is we, we want to talk about like, they, this is an old school, classic California CrossFit competition that we haven't had in a long, I mean, when was the last time we've had something outside, say, the West Coast Classic? When was that, 2021? Man. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: 2021? Yeah.
0: And then it got moved to Vegas? Yeah. But even then, like, that's when we were trying to be sanctioned events. That's right. Right? (laughs) That's right. And so let's just touch on that. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is like the location. Right? That location they had, which is like anything in California that deals with CrossFit and it's by water, you're already off to a great start. Win. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And JR makes a great point. Is like, what is one of the most heralded off-season things that very few people talk about or remember that were there was the Tahoe throwdown or the rogue versus again, faster
1: dude. Like was if, that
0: if, the greatest programmed head to head matchup with the most even plays players of all time? No. Was it one of the most awesome grassroots OG throwdowns ever? Yes.
1: If you have it, if you haven't seen any of those videos, and you're a CrossFitter, you've been doing it for like I've been doing CrossFit for five years, eight years. You need, uh, and I stress need, need to go back and watch those videos because they are unbelievable, unbelievable. The log throw, (laughs) dude. I mean, it was literally getting two camps of people together and go like, we're just gonna make up some competitions right now. Ready? Line up. Let's race. Like that's all it was. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, here it is. Just go to YouTube and type Quantum. in Yeah, Rogue Verse again faster. Part one, part two, part three. Like, it's there.
1: <laughs> so good. Look
0: at this. Oh, God, I hope we don't get dinged for this. Oh. Nope, don't play that song. <laughs> 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 yeah. We have too small of a of subscription following to get dinged like that. Right. <laughs> God, I wonder if they're gonna, we're going to get flack for posting this. God, who who has this? across the Games? Oh, yeah, we're for sure getting in trouble for this.
1: <laughs> Come on, commercial.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Is there music? No. Let's see. Team, again, Faster versus Team Rogue. I, people probably know what Again Faster
1: is. Hey, oh, man. Man, I, yeah, I, they're still around. I still get emails. Look at this.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. So uh, this is where the points really start to add up. We've only got a one point. <laughs> yeah. We might as well have a no point lead, okay? Um, we're going to go two on two. <laughs> oh, two God, of that's our, so great. of our women are going to have to go at this point. Um, we're going to. All right. I, I don't know if I have to do this. Go seven there. Seconds. You guys go there and see it. Yeah, you guys
1: go there. You guys go there.
0: Anyways, it's there. It's awesome. awesome. Um, all right. Back to the setup. It It's in a park. Is this like a state park
1: yeah it's a uh, lake natomas uh aquatics center and it's lake natomas right there and there's like a, a campground that's right alongside of the lake so this big nice open area right next to the lake and in that lake they do all kinds of like sailing and paddling and rowing and and all kinds of stuff it's cool i yeah. think it's the sacramento state does a lot of their uh water type events their boating type events there too
0: mm. Which is awesome, right? And you say, like, Athlete Village, and then you have a food court, Vendor Village, Beer Garden, Lakeside Stage. And then when you're in this park, I can only assume in Athlete Village and around it, it's just nothing
1: but pop-up tents and lawn chairs. Dude, just dirt, pop-up tents. I mean, it's a sea of pop-up tents. It's just covered. Yeah. Tent to tent. And that's what it used to be. (laughs) you go you look back at any of the old crossfit game stuff like when it was up uh, in aromas and that's exactly what it looked like Mm -hmm. um were yours when when you guys did yours um your old regionals like 2010 all those was that outside or was that inside outside yeah in fact that's every crossfitter had a pop-up tent dude because that's how it was
0: so fun part is uh there's affiliate summits that go around, it's actually around the world. Like if, if you guys are affiliate owners and you're in certain regions in the United States, like you have an affiliate rep. Uh, West Coast is Katie Hogan, where, where Bill is at, and they have yep. affiliate owner summits, which is basically a one-day we, we one gathering of affiliate owners and we bring in staff from HQ. I mean, I think everyone's in California has had Don Fall and Nicole Carroll and, and Dave Castro and Boz. Like everybody has been at those. We're having our second one for my region, which is Arizona all the way to Mississippi with Oklahoma in between, and we're hosting it in Fort Worth, Texas in November at a gym called CrossFit Iron Horse. Well, that gym used to be called GFX, and that's where we had the 2009 and 2010 South Central Regionals.
1: You can still find your videos of you dressed up in your red white. You blue. can, yeah. and I did find them because <laughs> shaved head. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little buzz
0: cut. <laughs> and it was it used to be called Hell's Half Acre because the whole plot that's is right, on a half right. acre. You remember that? Hell's Half yeah. Acre? Yeah. It's in May in Texas, and it's a hundred <laughs> degrees. Half of the events are on the like a black top nothing was inside the gym and they had this outdoor area and i I got to walk around for a site visit and i just sat there for like probably five minutes by myself outside just kind of taking it all in yeah but it was like that right it was outdoors and there's a reason why we didn't go outdoors again after 2011 (laughs) when when the regionals were in like late may to june in tomball texas so yes that was the the old school vibes that we had there but uh, yeah yeah, but, um, okay, so here's what i do. Uh, I do want to look at the programming. Do it, yeah. And I don't know if this is the exact order. That's just the order they have on Competition Corner. But the first thing they have on there is a lake swim. So now you have this off-season competition. You have this at a state park. It's in California. And you have an event that's a lake swim. How far was the swim?
1: Uh, I believe it was 300 meters. It was across the lake, basically.
0: Okay, so a straight
1: shot. Straight shot across so, the lake, um, on that map that you had, mm-hmm. and then they have that. That's one score, but then they also have the ruck run that's attached to that. Right. Um, that is part of the other score. So it's all kind of included, but the swim across is a score.
0: Okay. So they had swim across and that was into the ruck run. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: So everyone's swimming. If you see some mm-hmm. of like Hiller's videos, Hiller was out there this weekend, it was pretty fun. Um, He had some videos where the guys would, or the people, they had like a dry bag attached to them, and they had their shoes in there. Oh, really? So they get to the other side, then they can put their shoes on. Oh, was that the fanny pack thing thing. that Tim Paulson had? Oh, okay.
0: Did anybody swim with their shoes on?
1: Um, Yeah, I I think it was Phil Muscarelli did. How'd He's like, out, yeah, bro? you know, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save time on the transitions. He's like, and I got in the water and I realized I had anchors on my feet. Yeah,
0: bro, what are you <laughs> talking about? Save time on the transitions. You know how much time it takes to swim 400 meters with shoes on, <laughs> and then run afterwards. Nothing about those <laughs> squishy boots. Okay, so you have a dry bag swim. I'm gonna say what they're starting at this kind of like lakeside stage, is and they go across, or where do they start?
1: Uh yeah, the lakeside stage. They go straight across. I mean, like literally straight across over to the GoRuck area. Oh, right over there.
0: All right, so that was part A to basically this long gathered event, and then the GoRuck adventure says three hundred meter swim. So that's part A. Part A. Overlook obstacle
1: course. So what they had was two jerry bags, soft jerry bags, kind of like what they had in the game. So they had the long, uh, kind of sloppy looking things, and then they had I think it was five. Uh, fence barriers that they had to put the the bags over the fence and go over. They had to go down and then go back. So that was their obstacle course.
0: Okay. Coldest water. Did you, did you feel the water temp? Caden said the water is co- cold.
1: Uh, I mean, it was cold. Honestly, it was nice because it was so dang hot there.
0: What was the temperature there?
1: Uh, it got up to like 95, 98, I think, in the middle of the day. Oh. Up on the blacktop. I mean, it was that's solid. It was warm. It was, it okay, so cool.
0: they had the over obstacle course, then they a thousand meter run, yep, and then ten ring muscle ups.
1: Yeah, so the run basically took them back around the lake, kind of like where the aquatics area is, back up to the start area. So do they come the lake, across this? It was either that or around the other side. I can't remember exactly where it came through, but then they came up to the lakeside, the lakeside stage, mm-hmm. um, and that's where they had the rings hung up, and it was first come, first serve on the rings, and you had to go into your rings from there.
0: Nice. Yeah. So a cool little obstacle course, a little off-road, outside the box,
1: no yeah, pun totally. intended. Yeah.
0: All right, and so when I look at that now with your explanation, it's like, okay, yeah, we have a swim. It's like, cool, swim. right yeah. now. And I'll bring that up as we get later on. It's like, all right, and then we have this Go ruck adventure with carries over obstacles run to get back to the rig for a thousand meters and then 10 ring muscles at the end. Yeah. I outside of anything to do with like balanced programming, even though this is just the first event, this is something that would be a massive draw in entertainment for me to
1: sign up for a competition to do. Totally. If that was the event itself, I'd be like, dude, this is gonna be fun. It's just funny. It's got everything in there. It's good. Yeah, weird stuff.
0: Right. When do I get an opportunity to do this on my own? Or why would I do this on my own when someone else can set this up for me and I get to compete with other people? Yeah. I think that's that's awesome. And where we're at as far as like events and events, I'm like, good. Great start. Yeah. I, I, I like it. All right. So that was basically one and two to kick off the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then we have... Double broad jump. Now, was this an isolated <laughs> test? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't uh, like, hey, do an event, and then at the end, do this.
1: No, actually, it was you have two minutes to establish whatever your distances you can get with two broad jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that, at two minutes, you would go into the next event. So it was kind of like a precursor into it. Oh, uh, so but
0: this is another kind of like A-B combo?
1: Kind of, yeah. I mean, it was scored by itself. Yeah. And, you know, in, in our in our uh crossfit nerd text thread that we're all in when there's like 15 of us in there yeah this this event got a lot of flack from a lot of people which i could kind of see i mean i kind of get what it is it, 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 it's an odd way to yeah it, you think it's almost like a skill um it's it was unique because skill? it was too <laughs> well you know what i mean it's, it's almost like it sounds like sounds like the softball throw Oh, like a
0: hockey uh, a hokey yeah, yeah you know
1: yeah, yeah. um i like the fact that it was you had to do two jumps and like your feet had to i mean there was no your feet couldn't move from take off to landing no okay. bobbling no stepping no nothing um there was this one guy um and i can't remember his name offhand uh, i think he was in the i think he was in the rx division mm. 22 feet whoa right 22 feet on a double broad jump are you serious Dude, this guy, he was a tall dude. He yeah. was like a football player. Um, and he's like, I'm like, wow, you got hops. And he's like, he's like, Yeah, we did this for football all the time.
0: Uh, that's true. I mean the I mean, standing broad jump is part of the NFL combo. Part
1: of what they exactly okay. Which I think is important to note because this this event gets blown off a lot. Mm-hmm. But how is this max effort for distance any different than max effort for a lift or max effort for another thing you know it's like yeah the lift is the lift no and all the strong people will be able to do that because they're good at lifting i mean but then you have this explosive hip opening which is very similar right as far as a max effort yep um it's just so weird it's it's really hard to look at it as something that would actually mean anything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh but this dude dude he jumped so damn. That's far. Every so jump,
0: far. I don't think yeah. people really understand how far that is no, for go two walk, jumps. No, get it. Like
1: if you're at your gym, go walk out 20 feet and, and that's two jumps. 22 right. feet. Two jumps. Two. From he flat. Lay, hops out from f- dead stop. Yeah. Jumps, lands, dead stop. No stepping, no moving, no nothing into another jump, land.
0: If they take a step, what did they do?
1: They, they had to it's come like back. Bring that, them back that to where they count. landed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they didn't count. Didn't count. Oh. So, you, oh, had, yeah, so you, you have two, your, minutes two minutes to establish Two minutes to make one count. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of athletes, and this is this it, it's crazy because there are a lot of parallels to the the softball throw. This event made it look like watching Jason Kalipa try to throw a softball. <laughs> where it's like, who was there, by the way? You're, you're this, yeah, he was. I didn't even get a chance to see him. I was so bummed. Um, you have these badass athletes that can't jump. Okay. Cannot jump. Yeah. Like, straight leg, bop, bop, bop. That's it. No athleticism to their jump at all. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: I mean, any, uh, well, go if I just said that, but, like, anything over 10 feet is elite. Yeah. And, for, for a single bound. Like, if you're in the NFL combine and you jump over 10, like, they're noticing. They're putting that on notice. Oh, yeah. Right? And to do that back-to-back times, trying not to slip or fall, that's... Oh, and here's the other thing. Like, people are like, oh, softball, softball, softball throw. It's like, this was an actual event at the CrossFit Games in 2012 that nobody saw or knew existed. <laughs> like,
1: uh,
0: I don't think people remember that. One, because it didn't get televised Yeah. or broadcasted, and it's just on the leaderboard. But it was, Standing Broad Jump was a, Event by itself, I think it might have been worth fifty points. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was. A, it, it was a skills. It test. was a skills yeah, test. Yeah, but you had two attempts. You got two attempts to get as far as you can, and they would take the furthest one. They wouldn't take the combo like this one.
1: And you had to keep it even in line. So there were people that were throwing it out; they couldn't even keep it like within some sort of. A yeah, straight it was. Line. It was on
0: <laughs> like basically like elongate or enlarge a ruler, and that's what it looked like. You were jumping on. You had like, yeah. your feet behind, your, your toes behind a starting line. And then where your actually, heels They did landed. the broad
1: jump at the games.
0: They did it at the games. They did it. They did it under the stadium yep. because yep. it rained. Yeah, it was. I think it was supposed to happen the first day, and something happened, or or later, or or that morning, and it rained. So they moved it underneath the stadium. That's why nobody. Not only did nobody see it televised, nobody actually saw it happen. But a standing broad I, I, jump was an event at the CrossFit Games.
1: Everybody, everyone, you know, because everyone jokes jokes about the softball, but everyone forgets about the the jump. Yeah, yeah, everybody. So, um, I guess originally it was going to be a three jump, is what Blair wanted, um, but they didn't they didn't have the room and they were testing it on the stage.
0: Yeah, and JR's in here. He's like, you know, a test of power, and like you said, hip extension, like explosiveness is like that's a hang power clean, totally, or a power clean, or a max vertical. Or a max height box jump. It just might not be the sexiest thing to see in the world, especially if people aren't good at it. But doesn't take away that it has its place. And it's been at the games before. So if you're going to shit on that, just let you know that <laughs> it's been at the crossing Games. Now that that's a, uh, you know, end all be all, it's okay. Because they've done some pretty dumb things at the crossing Games too.
1: But Yes, they have. Totally. <laughs> all right. So
0: that broad jump was to go into this. The upside down?
1: The upside down.
0: All right. Now, I have this fear of competitions that when they see something that the games season does, they're like, let's fucking go. Shuttle runs. And now here comes (laughs) the bar pullovers. (laughs) And this test being 30-20-10 calorie row, 6-4-2 pullovers, With an asterisk of, the athletes must handstand walk 25 feet from the rower to the rig and backwards handstand walk 25 feet from rig to rower. So, 30 cal row, 25 foot handstand walk, six pullovers, 25 foot reverse handstand walk, and then go 24 to the next round.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually asked Ben, because I knew... You know i knew dave was messing was kind of in the mix like with the qualifiers and stuff like that and i'm like i'm like dude okay because i said the same thing i'm like seriously everyone's gonna start throwing pullovers in now like like was this before the games or after and he's like no like ben goes uh we didn't have it um before the games i think what they originally had uh i think it was bar muscle-ups i think it was bar muscle-ups um, that they had originally. Okay. And he's like, you know, but we wanted we were doing some of the other polling things and we saw that people were doing that. So we're like, ah, oh, that let's throw those in there. Yeah.
0: I'm but not against like, it, but I'm just like, here it comes. Well, uh, that's but <laughs> here,
1: so here's what here's what my take on that was I actually I actually like this version mm-hmm. of an event that has a pullover in it way better than at the games. The games to me, the event at the games to me felt and I even said that when we did our analyzing of it, I thought it was more like, okay, here's a circus act. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. We're okay. spinning and we're up, you know, this. And this one made it feel like it was a race because the the it wasn't a gargantuan amount of pullovers. Mm-hmm. It was in the mix. And what it did is it got you just dizzy enough so that now you had to handstand walk backwards. And that's one thing that we... I haven't seen anywhere yet walking backwards. Other than when people couldn't walk forwards and they were walking backwards.
0: Yeah, we saw the regionals back in you the know? day, but then they outlawed it.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like doing back it's like, you know, the uh doing Josh double unders backwards. Yeah, the kind reverse of thing, double you know? unders, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really like the way um that it was put together and the just a little bit of dizziness into the reverse handstand walk. Um that reverse handstand walk was the piece that was the mm-hmm. part. I mean, unless you were an athlete that wasn't able to get right, you know, the, the pullover, but I think, you know, for the most part, especially like in the elite level, most of them could do decently on that. Uh-huh. Um, but that, that walking backwards was a trip.
0: How did that unfold? Because looking at that, I didn't get this really see any videos of people do it. Yeah. And my worry there is when you try to get a little too cute with a, right. a twist, Or a wrinkle. Um how did how did
1: that unfold? Um I I like the way they it was small sets of the pullovers because it wasn't like like you said, it wasn't like a circus act. Mm -hmm. It was a piece in the middle before this handstand walk. And I and I don't think the handstand walk was um even though it was backwards, it wasn't. Cute enough, okay, to be like this. Really, like okay, man. Like you're pushing the limits on this one, right? It was a way that we haven't gone yet. You know, it was, it was. You'd see all the athletes hop up and they'd do their handstand, walk down, right? Do their you know flips around the bar, and then now they're a little bit dizzy, and now you see them really struggling to find the balance on the way back. But it wasn't like, you know, are they flopping around trying to do pirouettes? Are they trying to do a, a press to handstand that's like this? Weird modified version because no one really knows the actual standard of that yet. That's what I liked. It was a new skill mm-hmm. that the standard is still pretty basic. Hands start in front of the line, and you got to walk backwards.
0: Is that like weird, off. like kicking up backwards behind the line and then <laughs> going? Well, fast? it was really,
1: there were a lot of people that they would kick up and they would take a couple steps forward until they get their balance and then they'd start to walk back. Yeah, which
0: is kind of so, what we used to do learning handstand walks. We would go backwards for a couple steps and then go forward. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it really came down, you know, it came down to the handstand walk. I think for the most, there were a handful of athletes where they pushed really, really hard. And if you were basically had to do the the pullovers Mm -hmm. unbroken, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was that handstand walk. We saw a lot of people getting passed up on that handstand walk. I uh, honestly, it was way more enjoyable, and I could have seen a beefier version of that. Yeah. being in the games, and I would have been all for it in the games. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, last question on that is the reverse of that. Like the regular handstand walk for 25 feet, nothing. 6-4-2 of pullovers, nothing. Those roll cows are significant. With the backwards handstand walk, that add enough of a difficulty that if you were actually to program it regular handstand walks, it would make it like the handstand walk somewhat worthless
1: it, it totally if you right? didn't have it makes it you actually had Just worthwhile. a straight 25 foot handstand walk yeah it it would have been i think just a row workout would have been yeah yeah now you have to push the row everyone knew that the row was like i mean you're taller athletes your shorter athletes it wasn't about the row everyone mm-hmm. knew they just had to do it they had to be able to go from whipping themselves around that bar to balancing on the handstand walk backwards. It came down to that last 25 feet. Now you didn't have to do that all in broken. They had it broken into, I think it was like, it was crazy. It was like the smallest segments I've ever seen. I think it was like four foot segments. So like five, <laughs> four, five, four foot segments. I think it ended up actually being like 20 feet. Okay. Um, not 25, but, um, so they had that, but like you can't cheat four feet walking backwards. Right. People tried, there was a lot of people that did like belly flops on the ground trying to get their hands over that line. Dude, trying
0: to get my No, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. You like, like you a... know how you can kind of lunge yourself forward yeah. to get like you're you can't you couldn't really do it on this one. So it was uh it was definitely different. Interesting. I, I like I said like I really it it kept it under the line if it would have been a long distance, mm-hmm. I think it would have been too much. It was just enough to make it count but not make it where All right, now we're just you know, who's able to walk on their fingertips the best because they they were a Cirque du Soleil dancer or something like that. You okay. know? Um I think it really they, they did a great job of that one.
0: Cool. Um all right, next event, kayak 5K. Back That's in it. the water. There it is. And again upon looking at it on the outside, I was like, Oh, they had a single modality run, and then we had a single modality <clears throat> double jump. It's like, okay, now we got another single Sorry, single swim. Did I say run?
1: Uh yeah, yeah.
0: And then I was like, oh, another single monostructural. I was like, yeah. But then I was like, what are we testing? What is the event really supposed to be? And if I sign up for a CrossFit competition that is off season for funsies, throw down is like, ooh, I get to do a kayak. You
1: wanna know what's great? Is so have you, have you ever gone, like, kayaking? Yes. Okay. Have you gone in, like, those Costco-style, big plastic? Yes. That's what we have, these elite-level athletes. They were the only ones that did this one. They were put in there with the old-school vests, the orange, the blocky-looking <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. So you have elite-level athletes put into not elite-level equipment, Ah. it was very similar i think to where uh when we did pendleton at the games uh-huh. where you have these badass athletes and here you hear all these buff dudes and you know super athletic women and they get on these like goofy nerdy trek straight up bikes with the straight handlebars and they're not cool looking mountain bikes not you know okay no sort of suspension nothing they're just like bike yeah and on a you're just biking on like a the classic bike. Okay, that's what these were. So you're have you're having them race in something that is not a very efficient racing mm-hmm. machine.
0: Okay, I like it. Figure it, it out. Was
1: probably it was probably about it was about forty five minutes to an hour. <sighs> Damn. So I mean, yes, it's another monostructural. Yes, it's another you know long type of a, event, but it. I think it was kind of cool that they dipped them into something that long. Yeah. And it was an easy way to do it with the equipment that you have. And again, like you have that going on at the same time. You know, one of the things that we didn't say with uh, with the event is elite male and female, um, RX male and female, uh, intermediate male and female, scaled male and female masters, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60 plus elite pairs, uh, male and female. So you have a and, lot of people, and yeah. so with all, I think they had like seven hundred athletes, something like that. Yeah. So with all of that, trying to get a very long event without taking up equipment, it yep. works.
0: Yep. Uh, and then you turn right around and do not a long event. Right. And you have an eight hundred <laughs> meter dash. Yeah. That could be half on concrete, half on dirt, depending on where you start. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so oh, and, and sorry, Caden. My bad, buddy. Yeah. My bad. And it's there
0: too. No. Oh, so you go from basically like upper body sustained maximal effort for a five k kayak, which very very few people have any, I would say zero, of like that yeah. level intensity at that distance. Yeah. It's like dude, oh, I've been in a like kayak. Where you're like it's like not like that, otters bro.
1: and stuff, right. you know, or fishing. Like you don't do that for speed. No.
0: And then you turn around and you do an eight hundred meter dash, which is complete opposite world time frame and intensity and all lower body.
1: And it was so gnarly. Eight hundred. If you had the if you had the prettiest, cleanest track in the world, it would still be eight hundred. If you talk to eight
0: hundred runners, man, this is one of the worst ones.
1: It is so bad, and you had all these athletes, and they all knew they all like full send. Yeah, ugly, ugly. Now, granted, you know, um, one of the hard things about doing a mass start when it's all out like that is you get a lot of j- <laughs> joc- joc- jockeying for a position on maybe the uh yeah the uh takeoff isn't always the cleanest so right. yeah i mean there are ways to fix that mm-hmm. um and i think that like you know as they come back and they look at that it's like oh, okay how could we how could we adjust that where right. could we adjust and, and again like there weren't chip timers or or anything like that. They didn't have that sort of technology. If you if they would have had that, they could have cleaned up a lot of those things. But again, you know, if you're talking old school, that now that's a balance between like old school feel, right, and then new school kind of like professionalism. If you they would have had those kind of things, you could have done it and split them up thirty second incre- increments, like when they mm-hmm. do like even in like triathlons, they'll do, you know, in waves. Yep. Um. So it's not so bottlenecked. Um, Was it everybody you know, at once? Everybody at once. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you saw the videos. So yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> All right. So we went,
0: you know, and this being our third single modality monostructural test, swim, kayak, run. One about 300 meters, what? 10, uh, what? 10 minutes for these Ish. guys? 10 to 12 Ish. minutes, 45 minutes, you were saying, for the kayak? Yeah. Yeah. And now two to three minutes. Yep. Three different ones, swim, kayak run just put some things out there then you come into death grip four time 50 russian swings five rope climbs 32 and 24 kg between the men and the women or 53 and 70 did you find out why they landed on russian swings
1: um i think it's just a matter of like judgment It's easier to judge. All you all you have to look at that point is that the arms are either parallel to the ground or that the kettlebell is over the shoulder. I'm not sure exactly what standard they had on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that way they don't have to worry about are the arms locked out? Does their body, you know, do they get overextended at the midline? Mm -hmm. Is the kettlebell over the top or is it over like they just yeah straight out ahead. One. Two, I think that it keeps the tension on the grip more as you have to go into the rope climb
0: so look it's unbroken yeah because it's not legless rope climb so you can afford to get your grip a bit and hang on to that and push the pace there the how long did this take
1: uh i guess i can just i have a leaderboard right here what am i talking about dude Caden, what did you get yeah the scores right there
0: uh let's see how i get the Okay, two to three minutes. Yeah. Okay, time frame. By the way, there's no way this is 800
1: meters. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, <laughs> they, borrow, they borrowed the the wheel from the games. Oh, got it, right. <laughs>
0: 800 yards.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's some world records here for the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but another quick endeavor. Was this on the same day? Death grip in
1: 800 meters? uh i believe so wait how many more are left let me look at the events here Uh, let's see um yes
0: big snatch energy sandbag complex reverse frames. what we have coming up
1: um yeah the actually the yeah the death grip and the big snatch energy were on the same day same which was on the the saturday all right well the next one
0: being Six minutes to establish a one at max snatch. Athletes must buy in at zero to three minutes with fifty double unders. So basically, you start with fifty double unders, and then you're good to go.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. You do your fifty double unders. You're lifting as you lift, whatever number you want, whatever weight you can go up and down. Then at three minutes, you have to do another fifty.
0: Okay, so two sets of fifty. Yeah. Oh, at zero and at three. Right, right, right. Just to
1: kind of throw. Some so you basically in have there. two. You have like two and a half minutes or so, depending on how you are. Two to two and a half minutes. Each time. Okay. To lift. Okay. Got some big lifts out there.
0: Yeah, dude. Looks like
1: 280 it. pounds, 285.
0: All right. Yeah. 295, 285, 280 for the men. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Um, all right. And then you come to sandbag complex, which is five down to one sandbags over the shoulder, sandbag squats, the time or the weight being 160 and 120 so getting below parallel 15 times with this <clears throat> have we really gotten below parallel yet um aside from like the snatch but
1: no but we will here and then you will on the last one right
0: we will back to back <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> we'll fit it in on the last
0: yeah and okay Pull from the floor over the shoulder, a little power clean, little squat in the front pack. I mean, like we have different movement patterns we're adding to this, uh, but still short.
1: Yeah, right. Very.
0: So like very short, and same time frame. What two to three minutes that we're seeing here? I keep trying to yeah. like pull this up. Where do I, where do I press? Anyways. 2 to 3 minutes and then the last thing we land on is the finale was reverse fran. Now the weights they have here are not the weights they used. Did they change right. the weights last
1: minute? Um they decided they announced after the and the energy. and the skill. Yeah, right? they they changed it from reverse fran 9 15 21 pull-ups and thrusters. Uh, they went chest to bar Mm-hmm. And uh, they bumped the weight up, and there was some discussion on the weight of what they wanted to use, whether it was going to be one thirty five ninety five or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of cool. We actually got to help them kind of pick the weight on that. Okay, and so we landed on the one fifteen seventy five based on if it was one thirty five ninety five, there would have been a lot more breaks, and it would have been a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And this one fifteen. Like, it rode people right to the line. Okay. It, it made Fran look like Fran used to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, there were people that were still— And the numbers going up, not down. Right, right. Yeah, oh, so bad. <laughs> Dude, it it all came down. Like, you saw so many athletes really coming out hot on 9 into the 15. And usually, 15 is so bad mm-hmm. because you've just done 21. Right. 15 is not nearly as bad when you've only done 9. And so then it all comes down to the final 21. Like, are you unbroken, and can you hold on to the barbell? And those that did got the really good times. Um, There were, obviously, you know, we've talked about Fran and what that looks like um, as far as judging-wise. And I think that those guys did a good job of trying to relegate as much of the issues as they could by— really coaching the judges up through, I mean, there were, there were some, a lot of no reps that should have been called no reps, but the judges, I mean, again, they're volunteer judges they are out yeah. there. And it's really hard. To, <clears throat> you know, you always kind of want to do the, okay, get lower. Come on now. You got to get lower than that. You got to get lower than that until Ben and Blair came up and circled everybody up and said, no, you don't warn them on this one. Right. This one is no rep deeper. And yeah. so Ben came out and he started blasting people on no reps. And then the judges kind of got it, and so by the time they got to the um, elite level, it was a lot closer. Okay. Um, and then they also took four of their main people, and they had twenty lanes that were going at a time. Four of their main judges: so uh, Ben, uh, Blair, Lauren, and Matt, the other the other head judge, and and uh, uh, the, kind of the GM director of of uh, the floor ops. Mm-hmm. They all took four lanes. Okay. So they were watching the judges as they were doing. So they didn't have to scour the whole floor. They just had four people to watch. Right. I think they did a a much better job than it would have been. I I mean, obviously, you're going to see people that ride the line. You're sure. going to see reps that 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 aren't counted, um, or there's no reps that people get away with. But it was way less than I think that it would have been could have been if it was done any other way.
0: Well, and with those weights, like when I yeah. first saw this, I was like, God, this is." Even in reverse, like I don't think this is a great idea,
1: right? <clears throat> but um, um, it was. So it was, uh, Tim Paulson was there. It was cool talking to him and seeing what he had to say about that because he's like, what was, what's great is when you, when you know an elite level, level athlete mm-hmm. and what their abilities are based on. Here we are talking about how they respond and how they move and how they do this. But when he reiterates that exact same same thing he's like he's like 135 okay that would have been better for me 115. shit, yeah that's just gonna hurt yeah because now you know it's like well i i have no option other than to do every single thing unbroken Mm -hmm. i don't have an option right and uh there were some really good races it was amazing there were people that failed out on 19 on the thruster like like collapsed at 19. (laughs) It's like they're up in the front, and then all of a sudden they're 8th, 12th. Yeah. It's crazy. Good.
0: I mean, um, I'm, I'm glad think, they made I, the change.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I, I think that, you know, talking about the old school-wise, like, I again, I'm not a fan of putting Fran in a in a workout for competitions. It, it puts way too much pressure on the judge. Mm-hmm. Um on the judging team on these volunteers to to have to see what they need to see and then have the confidence to just blast people cuz you have to. Like at that right. point you're not like judging to have everyone do a fair like you need to be just a complete dick. Right. And it, it's a really hard position, but I think, you know, in the in the spirit of the genus that they were trying to do, it was a it was a really good um good attempt at trying to make that work for the event.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Overall, looking at it, 10 total events for the competition. Uh, and, you know, we've said this a few times already, but like half of them being single modality. Yeah. Three of those being monostructural one gymnastics, which is the broad jump. And then one is weightlifting, which is the snatch four of them. Sub four, sub yeah. three uh, tests in there had one, 45 plus, which is the kayak. You had the 20 plus part B of the obstacle course run. You had the swim, which is about anywhere. It looks like six to 10 minutes. The upside down is about the same time frame. Looks like seven to eight minutes.
1: Yeah, they had a 10 10 minute time cap. Time cap on
0: that one. Um. Looking at the programming, sure. Half of it being single modality, not ideal for overall balance. Over a third, all being almost in the same time domain, not like two to three minutes. Yeah. Different total tests: 800-meter run, uh, kettlebell swing, rope climb, sandbag cleans and squats, and then Fran. It's like four different ways to do it. Time yeah. frame aside from that. That being said, like we said, for what the event was, the purpose of what behind it starting, what they want to actually promote while they're there, never in the explanation of who they are and what they do do they say is like, we want to be the premier test of fitness in the off-season spaces. Like, the CrossFit started here in California. The CrossFit Games started Here in California, there was a vibe to California competitions different than anywhere else in the world Yeah, because of that. There's a community and culture that was created there. And since it got taken away from them back in 2019, they wanted to bring that back. So we want to bring back the fireside barbecue fitness competition with elite CrossFitters and celebrate that along with the other divisions that they had there. We want to do it with fun, challenging programming that is outside the norm of what you would do in your affiliate, or maybe at a more structured boxed in type of competition where we have to get like all the barbells split evenly with some odd objects and some time domains. It's like, dude, we're going to do an obstacle course. We're going to do a swim. We're going to do a kayak. We're going to race each other or the foot, ra- like it, we're just doing a foot race in the streets. That's what we're yeah. doing. It's not an meter run for time. It's just a foot race. And if that's what they want to do, and then coupled with what you said the vibe was there, I think Northern California Classic is something that if people want to just have a great event to go to or to be a part of or to compete in, it's one of the more OG style, back in the day, good time barbecue throwdowns
1: that we have in the space. 100%. I I think that, and a couple different things like they only had two two uh stages of competition to run 700 athletes on so the judging or the the programming that they need to use has to be able to accommodate all that so that's obviously going to make it kind of difficult at times to get you know the the absolute correct programming in there um i think more importantly for Ben and Blair, rather than finding a completely well-rounded circle of competition, is they want to do some stuff that's just going to be fun and weird and different that you're not going to be able to do in your normal in your normal gym. And the third thing is this: here's this local competition, twenty-five thousand dollars for the winner of the elite division. Right, twenty-five thousand dollars. That's not a prize purse of winner, male and female get that. Um I think the teams got uh the elite pairs yeah $5,000 each damn all of the age groups $1,000 is a winner and they I think they did the top 3 and I think the top 8 or top 10 mm-hmm. in the elite division got money and I think so, I mean, that
0: is where you do want to make sure that the pro team is in at least 100%. comparable to well, award I think what's that. more
1: important is the judging needs to be mm. more on point yeah even more than the programming because you can say hey it's my race you can choose to come up to the race if you want you just want to make sure that like everyone's being judged exactly the same Fair. which it does put a lot of pressure on the judges i mean yeah. that's it's you're, you're competing for real money it's not just right. who gets a six-pack yeah and a free burger right you know
0: yeah, and uh, for the men's side, freaking Sean Sweeney apparently still does this stuff. You Sean was Sweeney.
1: Crazy? I was talking to him. He's like, this is great. It's like, I haven't been working out nearly as much as I normally do. He's like, "I yeah, I yeah, you know what? I, crossfitters, I had to come out for the money. I was really worried because I have been working out as much. And I'm like, that's probably... Dude, he he looked great. I mean,
0: I saw pictures of him I'm like, you look the same.
1: <laughs> great, dude. He moved well. He was strong. Mm-hmm. God dang. Yeah, he was... Man, he was awesome.
0: Yeah, Sean Sweeney, fifty-one points total. Now, was it points per place or how did they do it?
1: They did. uh, Yeah, points per place. uh, It's like one to whatever. I think it's kind of how they. I think how they did that. How they do that? No, like I wasn't even really watching that honestly because I was on the floor the whole time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I I I mean like you get second, you get two points. Something like that. Yeah. It looks
1: like it. Fifty-one.
0: Um, Tim Paulson gets second with 71 points. And then Malachi Bennett gets third with 76. On the elite female side, Brittany Weiss, 56. Lauren Fisher, 70. Elizabeth Wishart, 71. So those are your top three on the elite yeah. individuals coming out of it. So yeah, end of I the get- weekend, Bill. Give us your Element 26 thumbtape review.
1: Oh, man. I... I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one and a half. Okay. And the reason I say one and a half is, and that's a, that's a fuck yeah one and a half, not a.
0: Like one and a half is not low. I don't know where if people think that that's bad, but that well, is a very high grade. Yeah. For our it's, system.
1: <laughs> I mean, in in you know with all of the things that we talked about, with all of the reasons why you know again I think that as part of the professionalism and part of the, th- the thing that if you're going to get big names and have big money you have to really somehow shore up that judging as much as you can now, i understand that mm-hmm. live competitions live competition you're going to get good judges and badges and i get it um i just think that for the event itself one of the things and we talked about you know making sure everything's on time uh making sure that the you know the judging is done good and if that's the number two then that's something that they have to really make sure that it, that they put a lot of time and energy into. So, um, yeah, one and a half. I think, dude, it's such... A, if you want to come to a cool event, mm-hmm. you got to sign up for that event. It's just okay. fun. It's just such a good time.
0: From, uh, since I was not there, and I'm looking from the outside in a bit more objectively, totally. I'm going to give it a 1.1 for overall programming and a... 2.0 of an event that I would like to do. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to do all of those, all of them. Yeah. Like I want to do the swim clearly, obstacle courses with running, hell yeah, muscle ups at the end. Like okay, now we do an 800 meter, fine. Then we get to do a kayak. Right? Like I would love to do all of these. Yeah. Reverse Fran, no problem. Heavy back, okay. Walking backwards and pullovers, like fuck yeah. Like let me let me do that. Let me let me climb a rope as fast as I can five times. Yeah. I'll do that. But for the outside thing of an objective programming view, I'll give it a one point one. But for something that I want to do, two thumbs absolutely. Yeah, Man, Look at that. I would that, love that's to do why it. Why I
1: have my one point five. See, right look at in the us. middle. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All
0: right, team. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, same time, same place. Come join us. Have some fun. Kick with us on a Thursday. Other than that, Bill. Good to see you. You guys. You too, dude. See you tomorrow.
1: Bye, guys. <laughs>